Welcome to the Shake Up Podcast. I'm your host and co-founder of Mr. Consistent, Jared Bell. This is a podcast where we invite friends of the brand into our studio. We get to know their story a little bit better. We chat all things business, culture, and marketing, all while shaking up a few cocktails. This week on the Shake Up Podcast, we have a guest unlike any others that have come through the studio this far. Dominic Bedgood is an Olympic diver and Commonwealth Games gold medalist. We chat to Dom about the hard work and determination it takes from a young age to represent your country at the highest level. What makes this episode special is how Dom gives us a glimpse into the pressures and the hardships that come along with that. Not only the physical side to training, but how mentally wearing it truly can be. Dom opens up about his last minute decision to pull out the 2020 Tokyo Olympics and hopes to be an advocate for young men struggling with mental health. This episode needs a trigger warning as it contains topics around mental health and suicide. With the lead up to International Are You OK Day, we'd like to acknowledge the importance of mental health and knowing that you are never alone. In saying that, knowing you're never alone, me and Dom are here. We're going to chat through a couple of things, so let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of The Shake Up. This week, we've got a very special guest, Dominic Bedgood. Did I say it it right? Yeah, not because we practiced 500 (laughs) times before. (laughs) Dominic Bedgood. I would go with Bedgood. That's what I'd go with. Yeah, Bedgood's good. 26 years old. You are from born on the Gold Coast? Yeah, born and raised in South... No, born in Southport, raised in Burley. Raised in Burley. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah. you live up in Brizzy now? I do, yeah. I had to move there when I was younger for sports, but um, travel back and forth, like family, friends, yep. still on the coast, so... Hey, the gold is the spot. Get back to Annie. <sighs> yeah, it is. I always have arguments with Tommy. <laughs> Dom is a really good friend of Tom who uh, records this podcast. He's uh, hooked us up. Dom... You are, you've had a pretty interesting little career. You've had a couple of career changes, career pivots in I your have. time. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. You started off as a gymnast back in the day. Yeah, back in the day when I was a lot younger, actually. I guess like every gymnastic story starts with the parent just like not wanting their kid to break their neck. So my auntie, <laughs> yeah, as that goes. So my auntie took me in and um, yeah, I just, I kind of like just found my feet in it really quickly. Um, don't know why, like none of my parents are extremely athletic. Neither are my siblings, yeah. so I'm like the golden child, um, and I make them know it every time. For reference, Dom is an Olympian. He is a Commonwealth Games gold medalist. Yeah. Uh, uh, was it? Two-time. Two-time. Two-time gold medalist. Yeah, two-time. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later, but that that's where the, you know, where the gymnastics sort of came in. Mate, you have missed um, two time trio two, war zone uh, winner. Also. Dom is also Not a gamer. A deal, but just <laughs> Dom and back Tom to also uh, play lots of PlayStation together. Whoa, whoa, don't say lots. <laughs> I got a life. You just told me you guys played like eight hours uh, in a day or something ridiculous. Didn't say, didn't say that. Didn't say that. Eight hours Full in a day. Shit. What do you do? do, you do uh, mate, do you do more? Uh, you, you've gone from gymnastics. Yeah, yeah. Um, you had an absolute, like, a horrific accident how old when you had that accident uh, so i was 15 when that happened so yeah um when i was like yeah coming through the ranks in gymnastics like i progressed really quickly and then when i was nine years old the gymnastics club i was at kind of saw that i was progressing a lot quicker and so they approached my mom and said hey look like you know we noticed that you know he's just getting it a bit quicker yeah uh, maybe you should trial him out for the high performance center in brisbane and so from when i was nine like my mom who you know, cannot thank enough, like always get goosebumps when I talk about her, um, packed up her life and moved up to Brisbane with me. And we lived with my grand, uh, my grandparents um, from, yeah, when I was nine to, you know, when I was 19. And so I was, uh, you know, pretty, pretty good. That sounds arrogant. I was, I was pretty good. 
Um, if you go into a high performance kit, like yeah. let's be serious, like no one in here is judging. Like I'm pretty good at a couple of things. Tom's pretty <laughs> yeah. good at nothing. <laughs> I wake Kirsten's up in the morning. Good. Good. excellent. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah, I like I um yeah like was um yeah doing that, and then yeah, 15 uh, had that horrific accident, which I just showed you on my Instagram. Mate, it's on uh, my Instagram. If anyone wants to check it out, it's like down the bottom. What's your Instagram? If you have your a, Instagram is don't go check it now. Check it after this episode finished. But it's yeah. at Dom Bedgood. We'll put the links in there uh, in here, but you can go to mate. It's that, right at the bottom. It's one yeah. of those um, reverse. Like I watched it and reverse I was, scorpion. Yeah, my, that's the best way my, to put it. My instant reaction was, "Whoa, holy, oh, well, holy shit!" Like <laughs> there was like two stages of like, "What the fuck just happened?" Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I, I'm like, I guess I'm used to it because I've shown it. To, I, it's like my party trick. You know, some people can do. I don't know, open a fucking beer bottle with their teeth. I'm like, you want to see me break my back? <laughs> and so, yeah, I'm just like so quick to show people if it comes up in conversation. For reference, it was on a, what's the bars the called? High bar, the yeah, high so bar, yeah. So high like bar. We, we spin out, like you're basically going around and around like a. Yeah. yeah. Um, like a hamster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ham- yeah. No reference like really. a hamster wheel, but you Attached with your arms, not running on your feet. Yeah. <laughs> going around we've and really around. gone down the rabbit hole of this. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we've, um, we, yeah, so it's like a two meter, two meter high metal bar. And so like, it doesn't have a lot to give this thing. And so like, I essentially landed like in the middle um, of my back on this thing. Up, so like two meters up in the air, bang. Yeah. Yeah. Flying through the air, like just kind of was supposed to re-grab If you're the watching bar. the video, Dom. That's the bar. It, the bar and Dom's back curved around it like yeah. this basically and then fell into the foam pit yeah. essentially after. Yeah. But you just told me like you, your coach walked over and was like, yeah, so you're right. I mean, like, <laughs> like one of the best coaches I've ever had, but in that moment, like he's, um, he's from Belarus. So like real old school kind of coaching mentality around that like toughness. Yeah. And so like, I was just like in agony in the pit, just like, Oh, like gasping for air. And he came over and he was just like, you okay. And I was like, oh, I don't think so. He's like, you get out or I call ambulance in five minutes. I was like, okay. And so I was just like, that was a really bad accent. Um, and so I was like trying to, I was trying to like call Sounds out. scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's my, that's what I'm trying to get at. And so, yeah, crawled out and kind of just like laid there for about 20 minutes trying to figure out if I can kind of move around, like jumped up, did like the old bend in the, you know, the back, uh, back. I guess test. Yeah. And was just like, like can't really move. Thought I'd go home, sleep it off. I'm like, I'm 15. I'll fucking bounce back from yeah. this. And it's like a I'll, sprained ankle. Yeah. yeah pretty much. <laughs> just like jamming your toe on the door essentially <laughs> when you're that age. And then, yeah, went and then like woke up the next morning. It was like, no nah, mum, like something's wrong. Like I can barely fucking pick up my backpack. And so we had to went get like, you know, scans, MRIs and shit. Uh, oh, what's this one scan I got? It's like they inject something in you. And it makes you feel like you pissed yourself. Have you ever had that? Yeah, I had it. Yeah, I've got a um, disease in my hip, but they did the same sort of thing. And it's like basically it makes all your veins like go fluoro. Is that? Okay, yeah, yeah that's that what makes, it does. So yeah. it's, uh, I'm pretty sure it is that it, it's, it's still in an, it's, no, yeah, it's still in an MRI Yeah, yeah, t- yeah you tunnel. go in, yeah. It's still in an MRI tunnel, but they basically pump you full of stuff so they can actually see where all your veins are and wh- where things are and what's moved where. And after they've done the first scan, they go back in and do it again. Oh. I'm no doctor, but was, I've, well, I've had it done before. I was just about to hand you a PhD. Yeah. I mean, Jesus <laughs> but I've had it done, done. before, but yeah, it's, they highlight basic, it basically highlights all your veins and makes everything glow and they can yeah. actually see where stuff is and where stuff's moved or if, um, you know, like critical. I'm talking to a yeah. Wikipedia page. <laughs> like, you just give me I'm the not Dr. Like, Carl. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
actually a doctor show now. <laughs> so anyway, back to the, um, yeah. So yeah, got that. Um, showed four stress fractures in the right side and like my L4, L5 vertebrae. Yep. And then had another one in the left side, which had been there for like quite some time. But like, you know, that's the fucking unfortunate, you know, repercussions of sports at times, I guess. And then what happens from there, mate? Like that's a, like, obviously you just don't, it's not easy to recover from a broken back. It just doesn't repair yeah, yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. You're kind of hoping it does. You're like, <laughs> fuck, pop some cold flu tablets. That baby will be good in the morning. <laughs> what, what, guys, you go into like, re, like at 15 years old. <laughs> you right? That's stronger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> he's, just had, he's just had a sip of margarita. Can you don't drink much. <laughs> Holy Jesus. <laughs> it's just a margarita, mate. Yeah, right, mate. Holy crap. Can we edit that part out? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of tequila. Oh, my God. Yeah, so that's straight tequila. There's no guy <laughs> so There's. there's Mate, I'm, I'm gonna show that clip to Wayne. What's that? Don't show me Wayne. <laughs> he scares me enough as it is. Right. So yeah. So anyway, so like obviously, like 15, 16, you're you're not obviously like you think you're invincible when you're that age. Like, and especially, I was you know I was pretty good gymnast. So like I even thought I was more fucking invincible. Yeah. You know, like I could do some crazy shit. And so I figured that I'd be able to bounce back from this. And the doctor's advice was. Like, look, if you have another accident like this, there is a very high chance that you are going to, you know, be paralyzed. And so it was basically just like, it's really like, I can't tell you not to do it. It's, you know, it's your yeah. choice. But obviously, like, you know, my mum was there with me, obviously. And 15 years of age, you might, like, if I, being a dad, if my, uh, my dad wasn't there. Um, but, but like yeah, me yeah. having a daughter, yeah. like, if that happened to them, I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> Whoa. Well, we're, we're doing. Um, yeah. Something else. What's We're going to find a new sport. Sweepy sport. <laughs> What's the broom sport? Yeah. <laughs> you like just pander a first yeah. broom. It's like, yeah, we're, like, yeah. we're doing something else. We're doing something Chess? else. Yeah. Cornhole. Um. <laughs> Cornhole game. They have world championships for that shit. Stop it. Yeah, it's so not what? like ESPN Plus or some crap. <laughs> uh, yeah, they do. Spare so. time? Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> this diving thing doesn't work gaming. out for me. I'm like, get my shoulder ready. <laughs> and so, yeah. So, but I think also, like, again, I can't comment because I'm not a parent, but. My mum has been there with me like from day one. So like she has seen the time and dedication I put into this. Yeah. And I think for her, it was really difficult to see me. Not difficult. It might've just been hard to see me so optimistic. Like, no, like I can do this kind of yeah. thing. Like this is my dream. This is what I've wanted to do for, you know, 10 plus years now. Um, this is something that I've like dedicated my life to, you know, like sacrificing you know, like weekends with friends, you know, social events. Um, like yeah. I didn't know that when I was growing up. Like I first heard of my friends going out, like gathering together on weekends and I was 16. I was like, you guys hang out on the weekends? Like someone invite and, me. Yeah. And I felt, I was just like, oh, you guys actually do that. And I was like, so just like oblivious and like fucking 26 can't even you know handle my margarita. <laughs> so that just, <laughs> that's our evidence in itself. And so, yeah. So I, I said to mum, like, you know, I can do this. Like, Doc, like what I have to do rehabilitation wise to get back to sports. So uh, it was about five months, you know, going through that, like swimming, um, yeah. a lot of, uh, what's the Pilates? Yep. Like a lot of Pilates. And hopefully like that was just going to give me all the strong core muscles around my back to like really support it. Yeah. So I went back, tried to like, you know, do all the fucking maneuvering that's like required for gymnastics, but it's such a taxing sport on your body. Like maybe I'm biased, but to me, like that's one of the hardest sports. Like when I look at like sports, like five months is a long time to be out of, um, like you lose conditioning, obviously 
Like yeah, you do, the, but the... I mean, yeah, like I said, like I was doing swimming, like, mm. it, you know, whatever the doc told me, I would like do extra um, Pilates, like if I had to do it three times, like I try and do it five times. Like yeah. I was such an active kid that like I wanted to do as much rehab, like without obviously like, t- um, you know, kind of reducing the benefits that I was getting. And so, yeah, we, um, I went back and I just couldn't do it anymore. Like I was trying to do all the fucking skills and my back just couldn't handle it. And so I had a friend um, that was a diver, Ethan Warren, and he went to the London Olympics. Yep. And it was he had just gone to the 2010 Commonwealth Games. And so, like, diving and gymnastics were in the same facility up in yep. Brisbane. And so, like, I had some diving friends that... It's um, a bit of cross-pollination there, obviously, hanging out with them. All that <clears> absolutely. Stuff, yeah. And... Um, and because like the skill set is so similar, the transfer was really easy uh, for me. I picked up like super quick. Yeah. And so and because I was at that really high level, um, yeah. So I started diving from when I was about. Yeah, Saw you swimming laps and was like, "Hey, come jump off here." I was just like, <laughs> "Fuck, I could do that." <laughs> <laughs> and you get up there and you're like, oh, "I'll go back to swimming." <laughs> Where's my kickboard? <laughs> that Mr. Bean, you Bob's see that Mr. Bean video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, I'm on the rail, like, "Mom, ready? Come get me." <laughs> So, yeah. So, then they started diving when I was 17. 17 and just made the transition. Yeah, 16. Yeah, 16. Did, was it like a, like, all right, this gymnastic thing is like hard out, like I, I'm not coming back from this or is like I'm actually enjoying diving more now that I've tried this out or like, it, 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 how was it that time? No, it was <laughs> a bit, bit smoother that Way time? <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Was um, it, did yeah. it feel like, like it was like, all right, I can't, my body won't turn, my body won't do the things I need it to do in gymnastics or like you went, oh, I'm kind of enjoying this diving thing a little bit more. I'm going to go this way or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, coach was like, fuck, <clears throat> mate, it's, you're done. Like was. Yeah. It, oh man. that Honestly, that was probably one of the hardest conversations I ever had to um, have with my gymnastics coach because like it, any athlete knows like you're, you're essentially like growing up with your coach. Like yeah. that becomes apparent. Like they're in mold, like they're raising you and like molding you into this person that you will become in the future. Yeah you're spending seven plus hours with them a day. And I was so fortunate to have my uh, gymnastics coach, uh, Sergei Chinka, who like could be scary, but sweetest man I've ever known and had fucking bare, like bare hands, <laughs> like the world's biggest hands. Like I shit you not, I saw him one day come out of like the office with an apple and just like fucking snap that thing. <laughs> no, no knife, nothing. Snap just, the just apple went, like, in half. Like, and with these, I was just like, oh, Jesus. And so like, and when you shake his hand, it's like shaking like a baseball mitt. Like, yeah, just, right. I don't know why I remember that. Anyway, it's just one thing you remember. And so he was such a, such an amazing uh, man to have kind of like guide me as I was, you know, becoming the athlete I was and just teaching me all these really valuable traits and um, skills that I can use, you know, in any situation in life kind of thing. And yeah, so I had to sit down and have the conversation with him. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like my back, unfortunately, like my body is just, you know, given up on me. It's yeah. it's tough too when your mind just wants to keep going and like athletes know this and your body's just saying like, nah, like you can't do this anymore. And especially when I was, you know, 16, like I, it was really shattering because I thought, you know, this is it for me. Like, you know, I, I enjoyed school, but you know, sports is where I really you know flourished. I had like similar kind of not to that level, but like, I like used to surf and I wanted, like I wanted, I was doing like comps and those kind of things. Yeah. You get to a point in your life where you're like, fuck, imagine if I make it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pro or whatever yeah. it is. And like a six, 16's kind of like that age where it's like the defining factor of like everyone's, like you can get to a point where, you know, there's a couple of outstanders, but everyone's kind of, the general group's at a, at a level. 
and then you start to see when once they hit puberty and all the other things, you start to see the the people really excel, like the people that are you know naturally gifted yeah. that do the training and do all the hard work just start to go become miles in front of them. and they're the ones that go on to be pro sports people a lot of the time no matter how much hard work or dedication it's just like it feels like at an age it kind of comes along and goes you're the chosen one or you're you are that good that you you become the person yeah, in yeah, your yeah. sport yeah 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 a little bit yeah yeah i i definitely like i obviously believe that definitely to a degree um yeah, I like, I always kind of looked at myself as like, I was obviously, you know, don't get me wrong, like I, you know, was um, talented and I'm, you know, very thankful for that. But like I had a lot of people like come beside me that were way more talented than me. Like yeah. in terms of like learning a new skill, like they pick it up in a minute and yeah. I'm spending a week trying to figure, you know, it out, figure yeah. this skill out. So I knew from like a young age that I was going to have to like work harder. Yeah. And that's and that's like, you know, any success athlete, yeah, yeah. like Tom Brady, uh, is the perfect fucking example of just like if you want something enough and like hard enough, yeah, yeah, yeah and like you, you really it. work for it. And like he's like that just top echelon kind mm. of level of athlete. That's just you know so many more people are way more talented than him kind of thing. And like he's just you know will not quit in terms of like achieving his goal kind of yeah. thing. So yeah, it was um yeah it was like oh yeah definitely and kind of shatter and shatter like for you would have been shattering as well like yeah knowing that you put you got to 16 you're like fuck i've just put all this hard work in yeah 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 exactly it's i'm gonna make this i'm making this massive decision of going from gym gymnast that i've put all this hard work into but my body's just not allowing me to do it yeah and i'm gonna go into another sport i'm gonna give this a go and this is this is where i'm going yeah And, and like and like you would know too it's like um you know you whatever thing you're looking to kind of go into after your sporting career you're like i don't know if this is going to work out like you know will i have the skills and yeah. tools to be able to like make this you know my next main goal kind of thing yeah. and so going into diving i was confident enough that it was going to work out but again like it was tough it was a tough decision like my mom like i said had put in so much time into it um and it was really like it was tough to her to see that because parents spend so much money on sporting and like, they so much they money. drop everything for for their their kids their kid yeah. to do that and sport yeah, like, know, like drop off drop off pick off pickups um equipment costs money training costs money like a lot of those things like there is um there is help out there and there is like sponsorships and all those kind of stuff but at the end of the day it still costs money yeah like how, how much time do you have on this podcast as like uh, so like yeah, an so, hour an hour and a half so like, yeah no, perfect so like <laughs> i was just making sure like this story like it it always gets me and like it just shows like the degree of which parents are willing to go for their kids. So like when we, so when my mum and like myself first moved up, like my family, we don't come from a lot of money, you kind of thing. And we had this old fucking shitty van, like this Nissan van. And um, it, it broke down, I think like the start of winter, like the very start of winter, it broke down and like, we didn't have enough money to get a new car. And so my, like we had moved to Brisbane. And my mum was like, look, like, I'm so sorry, but you know, like, getting you to school, then to training, then back to school, back to training, back home. Like, it's going to be really difficult. Um, you know, I think you might just have to choose one because it'll be too much for you kind of thing. And she's like, you know, you're just going to have to choose. Like, we're just sorry. We're going to have to just get you to school and back. Like, you, you're not going to be able to kind of train. Yeah. And I said to her, like, I was nine years old. Like, I don't remember having this conversation, but my mom, like, you know. Um, helps me remember it. Yeah. yeah, helps me remember it. And I just said to her, I was like, no, like, I can do it. Like, you know, and she's like, you really, like, you're going to have to get up at four 
We're going to have to like, you know, walk two Ks to the train. We're going to have to catch a train to like the main bus depot. We're going to have to get the bus like all the way to, um, it was like right outside the shooting center near Chandler. Yep. And then we're going to have to walk two Ks to training, just to get to morning training by 6.30. Yeah. You'll train till eight. And then we're going to have to walk all the way back. You're going to get the bus like over to Carindale, which wasn't too far to school. You're going to do school. I'm going to meet you there. We're going to get back on the bus to Chandler, walk the 2K. You're going to train till 7.30. Then we're going to catch the bus to the main depot. Then we're going to catch the that bus, I think, then went like more directly to where we were living. Yeah. And then we're going to like walk another K and a half. And she's like, you're going to have to do your schoolwork on the bus. Like you're going to have to make sure that like I don't want to hear any complaining in the morning, like that you're tired or that you don't want to go. And she said, like, I can make this work for you, but like, you've got to, you know, you got to dedicate yourself. If we're going to do this, we're doing it. Yeah. She's like, you got to really want this. And like nine years old, I was like, yeah, fuck, like, absolutely. (laughs) And like, man, like for her to do that for me, like still like gives me goosebumps just talking about it. Cause like that, I think was the pivotal moment in my career that really set kind of like uh, the kind of like set the catalyst for my my like really hardworking mentality and dedication yep. to the craft and everything because I, I didn't want to let mum down. Yeah. I didn't want to let my coaches down and like I wanted to do good in school. And so like that was fucking tough. And that was through winter. Like, you know, it was shit. I mean, we don't live in Melbourne, but still it was cold. And yeah. It's, yes. And you're nine years old. And I'm nine years old. Yeah. So I really think like that was like some, if, if my mum didn't do that for me, like. Shout I, out to your mum, mate. Absolutely. Like that's insane. Yeah. My mum doesn't drink, but uh, cheers, mum. She drinks V. Tell her to quit. V? Yeah, V, man. Like the small, like the, like the energy drink. The energy drink. I'm like, who drinks that shit still? And she's not like, she's not like. Have a margarita, man. Yeah, I'm just like, you gotta stop drinking V. That's crazy, so, man. So yeah, so like she, um, yeah, definitely put me to where I am today. She definitely think. instilled something. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think like that's where I get a lot of my traits from because she is just a woman that if there's like something, like she'll just find a way. Like I never hear like a peep out of her, like complain, like. Man, mothers are amazing kind of thing. They are. I don't want to cry, but yeah, it's an ama- It's like it's it's real. Like every time I reflect on it, like I'm just so thankful to. Hey, mums, mums give up everything for their kids. They, they absolutely really do, will. man. They really do. On that note, we're gonna see how quick you can make a margarita. Fuck. Well, I'm an emotional. <laughs> yeah. emotional wreck. We're gonna <laughs> see. <laughs> we're gonna give you. <laughs> we're gonna give, mate. That story. That honestly, that story is insane. Like it's no, yeah. It, like I just love telling that story because, like, is my any time that I can show appreciation to my mum on any level, like I, I absolutely want to do it because, like, any athlete and you would know this. Like, it's not just us when we're standing up there. It's like all the people behind us that helped us get to that moment. Absolutely, kind of thing. It's like it takes a village, kind of thing. You know that old cliche. Yeah, it truly does. Like, there's so many amazing people that stand behind every great athlete, and so like, any time I can, yeah, get a chance to shout out to mum. Yeah, absolutely. Tell that story. Yeah. Well, mate, let's make a margarita. Let's see how quick you can go. Anyone on What's the board like you want to be? Time. 40, 40, 41 seconds. I want to be 41. 41 seconds. Don't, don't go there, 20. man. Let okay. me give you the whole... Well, I'll, I'll walk you through it, but the yeah. whole idea is to see how fast you can actually make a cocktail because typically at a bar, it takes a fair bit of time to get a cocktail. Yeah. All right, we'll get this set up and we'll come back. No, mate, we're going to make mess. We're going to see how fast you can go. I'm also you really just called cautious. yourself Mister Clutch. I'm also really like conscious of not making a mess as well. I think that's like my OCD. Like not, yeah. Like, I spilled is your ha- ice and I was looking at Tommy like, oh, fuck. Is your house like you cook and like you just wipe every like everything's 
I want to say I do, but when my partner watches this, she'll be like, you're so full of shit. You <laughs> lies. <laughs> but like, if I'm cleaning something, like, yeah, anyway. All right, we're going to see how fast you can go. How you feeling? Super nervous. You've, wa- have you wa- was, you've watched a couple of other ones, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like preparing. I was like, what did this person do wrong? What did this person do right? I you just don't want to be number 20. Well, I'm number one. I would say. <laughs> there it is. It took him, it took him a bit. Yeah, I feel like there's a pattern. Because top three are co-founders. Yeah, but trend. The, the worst part for them is that I'm the guy that's never worked in a bar. Oh, fuck. How good. They're guys that have owned and run bars for their whole that's life. so good. So... Pressure. That's why they probably were expectations. I'm. I, I was very. Um, calm. I was very calm and tactical. I, I, I tactical. And tips? I thought about it. I gave you the tips on the ice, and I oh. gave you the tip on uh, straining and fruiting at the same time. Yeah. It's all about that. It's all about the multitask. It's all about the multitask. Because I'm not giving you the number one spot. You got enough number one spots. <laughs> 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 you need more. <laughs> all right. We're gonna go three, two, one, go. So can I not touch him until you say? Something no, don't touch shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hands on the bench. Just, All right, just stop watch. All right, <laughs> three, two, one, go. Is that a false start? <laughs> All the way to the top. Pour, pour, pour. Go, drop. Tip. Bang. Tequila. Oh, don't worry don't about worry, it. Don't worry, worry about it. <laughs> that was what I was afraid of. Sorry about it. Second line down. Bang. Ice. Ice. Shake. Four, five. Get it oh, off, no. get it off, get it off. Hey, hammer it. There you go. Strain it on and you got to fruit it. Oh, oh, <laughs> Yo, oh, oh, my goodness. This is a good time. 26. No. Oh. 24. What is it? 26, 24. That's good. 26, okay. 24. Seventh overall. Honestly, you lost two seconds in the, in the um, not grabbing the strain, strain in the right spot. But I that, mate, that's a good time. Lost a second worrying about the girl down. 26, 24. Don't worry bottle. about the bottle falling over. Mate, I'm impressed. There you go. How's it taste? <laughs> good? Yeah, yeah. We're good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah where, where, do you, where do you end up? Where do you end up? Uh, seventh. Not seven. bad. Seven. I'll take that. That's good. How many people are on the board uh, now? Cocktail. 20. That's 20 now. All up 20. Coco's still last. Poor thing. Oh, Coco, Coco was, was our first. first uh, Did you do it? No, I did it one day. What did I do that day? I think you ended up twenty like second or third or something. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I think I was just after Belzy. How come you're uh, 21 seconds I was. I haven't been on the podcast. I'm not important enough. Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, tell me. I'm behind the scenes. Tom does behind the scenes. Hey, just say. So you can hire me knows, as your coach. 26, 24. Okay, I need to go she wants co- She wants cocktails that fast from now on. No, don't, don't post that. Should be asking me about cocktails all the time. All right, let's clean this up. We'll get back into Absolutely. it. I want to go a little bit more into this diving thing because you obviously you're fucking good at it. I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm all right at it. <laughs> hey, you, you've told your coach, look, gymnastics isn't working out. I want it. Like, I'm going to give this diving thing a go. The transition from giving diving a go to going to the Rio Olympics was what, like a space of like two, three years or something like that. Um, so from, yeah. So from the time I started diving, it was about four, like coming up to four years. Yeah. So just before I went to Rio, I, the, like the moment I kind of realized like this, you know, this had worked, this yep. plan um, was I made the 2014 Commonwealth Games team yep. in Glasgow. And 
I was really fortunate enough to get paired with Matthew Mitchum, who he won gold in Beijing on the 10 meter platform. Yep. And so that was like a dream come true kind of thing for me. This was my first you know, real big comp that I'd ever been selected for. And my parents were really fortunate enough to, you know, save money and get over there. So we ended up winning gold in the synchro event yep. in the 10 meter. And like, that was an incredible experience itself, just like to experience your games. And so that was the first time that, yeah, I realized that, yeah, this, um, this was on the right track. The change, the change had been, been worth it. Been worth, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like all the hard, like, yeah, like you said, the hard conversations with coach and, um, you know, mom and that it yep. was, it was finally like seeing all that hard work, especially in gymnastics too, I guess. Cause it's like, because I was, could progress so quickly. It was like all had to do with my gymnastics background. So it wasn't as if that was wasted. Like, yeah. None of was, that. It doesn't feel like it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Very similar sports, very similar sports. So like, that's why I was able to transition like real quickly into it. So um, yeah, it was like an amazing thing to be able to achieve that so early on in my career and to have my parents there watching, especially like yeah. my dad's a Kiwi. So like, you know, when it's World Cup time in the Union, like, fucking hates Australia. Yeah. But, like, yeah, that man was standing up when the national anthem was, you know, coming on. So I was like, damn, that, you know, that means That's a pretty lot. Cool. Yeah, I was like, that means a lot to see kind of thing. So, yeah. And then from there, um, Olympics? Yeah, well, Olympics. Like, it was two, Olympics is like two years after? Two years, yeah. Games, two years yeah. gap in between. So, uh, for Aussies, it's really cool because, like, we have these, you know, we only have these two-year gaps between major events yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then the Olympics came around and I was, the, the Rio Olympics was like a really mixed emotions for me because like I had gotten to the point where I think, like, I mean, I can't speak for every athlete, but like, I know some athletes have felt like this, like you go into this Olympics and you think like, if I can do something special here, like it's going to change my whole life. Yeah. Like it's that mentality. And it's looking back on it, it's like, it's really dark because like I became a real prick and an asshole to like everyone I was training with. Like I would just go in there, like fucking hoodie on earphones on, like didn't want to talk to anyone. Like didn't want to like, you know, interact with anyone. Like just wanted to train as hard as I could go home and like recover. So it was just in the zone, in the zone and like in the zone in a bad way. I like reflecting on it now. I was like in the zone in a bad way. And it was, it was like 2016, there was like talks of having uh, sports psychs. Yep. And I like had this like really young mentality. I was only 21. Super young. So super young, super naive. And I was like, had this mentality of like, nah, you know, if you talk to a psychologist, like that means you're weak kind of yeah. thing. Like there's something wrong with you. And so like, I just thought, you know, I can do this all on my own kind of thing. Anyway, like the, the experience itself, like, you know, making the team, I look back on it and I'm like, I was so just like, yep, like job done, like, you know, next job kind of thing. Didn't really take time to enjoy it as much as I wanted to. Celebrate the win that you'd actually had. Exactly. Yeah. Mum was stoked and I was just like, yeah, like, why are you so, you know, why are you so happy? Like job's not done. This is where, yeah, I'm, I got, I got, still got the games to go. Yeah, like. still got the games <laughs> to go. Yeah. So, and then, you know, the games itself, like is a pretty crazy experience and, um, Rio was pretty like as much as I don't know a lot of people will always ask me like oh is Rio's as bad as they're saying on media like it wasn't is it was like it was really cool experience like I feel like any games like I've only been to one but um you know Commonwealth Games of that scale it's it's an amazing experience I guess like the only bad experience I had there was like the plumbing was real bad <laughs> and so like well this was like the athlete village this it's was the, games the athlete, the athlete yeah, village yeah, was yeah. like real ghetto eh? 
It wasn't as, like I said, it wasn't as bad as like, <laughs> made what, it out what the be. media were portraying it. Yeah. So like, um, I remember as we were like landing, we were reading all these articles, like swimming Australia's pulling their athletes out of it. Like it's, you know, it's not good enough. Yeah. And there was like shit, like streaming down the walls. So the room above would flush their toilet and the plumbing was fucking shocking. That's what was really bad about yeah, it. Right. And so like the, yeah, sewer crap or whatever, like would leak out the pipe and then come down your wall. So you'd just be like sitting there eating breakfast and you'd be like, Oh, upstairs in a poo. Yeah, yeah, it's like move to the side kind of thing. And so the the village like organizers like, okay, guys, like, um, so the plumbing's pretty weak. Um, we're just gonna have to ask you to like not flush toilet paper. So like you're just gonna put your toilet paper in the bin next to you and we'll come and collect it at the end of the day. And we're just like, Are you fucking serious? Like, just like, yeah, shitty covered toilet paper just like sitting next to you and you know, by God, if there's like a fucking hot chili day in the in the food hall, like <laughs> Jesus Christ, runs out a bit too much like pre workout. Yeah, yeah, you eh? could tell. You're like, oh, you went down like the fucking like Middle Eastern section, didn't you today? Kind of thing, just like Where the hot we? foods, and like, yeah, it was like it was. Um, it's a th- like it is a third world country, Brazil. Yeah, it is. Like it, it, it like it's it's it, a beautiful country. Like don't get gorgeous, me wrong. Yeah, mag- yeah. But I can't imagine the um. Like when you're sending athletes from Australia where our building standards and things are a lot, a lot different to what, oh, yeah, is, yeah. yeah, requirements, you can understand why Australian swimming team is pulling their athletes yeah, yeah, when the yeah, shit's yeah. running down I, the walls. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. very uncommon for that to ever happen in <laughs> Australia. Like, red flag. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe we should do something. <laughs> yeah, de- like definitely. And like you do feel bad because like you saw so many photos after of the stadiums, like just abandoned yeah. kind of thing. And like they were beautiful um, stadiums. Like I really enjoyed my time there. Like the village was amazing. They had like, so like each uh, country has like your own block. And yeah. if you're a country big enough like Australia, you have the entire block to yourself. Yeah. And this thing has like downstairs, there's like a little hub area where you can all hang out. There's like a cat, like a little like cafe kind of thing, like a little food area. Um, and they like always put on kind of like games and stuff yeah. that you can do. Um, and they had like a pool in Rio. Kind of like, sounds like school camp. It, yeah, yeah, it was like school camp, <laughs> except like there was like a lot of fucking going on. Yeah, which I'm that's sure what I've heard. School camp. I, but I've heard like I've heard that that ha- where they just like there's just like condoms on the table or something. Oh, 100%, like, like oh, okay. the funniest thing just, about you've got Rio, a you've yeah. got a high, bunch of highly like strong people. Some of the most attractive people, like yeah, some of the most attractive people you've ever seen, like in the best like physical shape of their lives. A couple of like, spices. You're okay. gonna tell me, oh, thanks, naughty. Let's go. Please look extra naughty. Oh, sorry, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, naughty. Can you, take, um, can you take that one and drink it? I'll, I'll drink this espresso. Yeah. Double down to it. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Um, yeah, so, like, of course they're going to fuck. And it's so funny because, like, you <laughs> like you think, like, you know, like, I'm an all right looking guy. And then you see, like, the fucking Italian water polo team. You're like, I don't know, George Armani's doing a shoot today. <laughs> like, all, like, six foot four, like, beautiful, like, black, slick hair, like, tan. You're like, fuckers. <laughs> and like you just like and every like like every girl is just kind of, well that's like interested it's just like oh my god like you know and you're like nah, fuck I'm like four foot tall yeah and you're just like, uh, like no one's wanting me here anyway is that but, when you pulled your back your back breaking no, video I'm, out and you said hey I would have been six foot but this happened <laughs> I wish the meme the meme yeah absolutely I, I would have been that. six foot if I didn't break my back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, I should I should have put that in my profile when I was like single. Um, but yeah, so like there was this this condom machines. Um, I I know in Tokyo like they got given the box so that yeah. people couldn't touch it. 
But in Rio, it was in the food hall. And it was like one of those like gumball machines. So you turn yeah. it to get it. And I don't know if they did this on purpose or if it was just a shitty machine, but it was fucking loud. Like it was like click, click, like real loud. <laughs> so like you could tell when someone was getting one. And like the I'm talking like the whole food hall, like thousands of people like eating. You just hear it and you're like, and like you start clapping for people and stuff That's like as so they're getting funny. them out. And like the people like trying to get out as quick as they can and like run away and stuff. And it dead and sounds like people. an adult school camp. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're watching some people getting out. You're like, you're not going to need that though, are you? I'm just judging a book by its cover. I know. Yeah. I'm sitting there like, but yeah. So like that was a pretty funny experience, but like the Olympics itself, like is an incredible experience. Um, it's really hard to kind of, compare it to anything um, else that I've experienced. It, the, the unfortunate thing though with my event is it's on the second last day of the whole games. So I went in there, you go in a couple of days before to get used to the environment, get used to where you're going to be competing, et cetera, the yeah. food. Um, and because my event is like two weeks away. Because you don't turn up at the start, the very start of the game. Yeah, you do. Oh, you so you're going to sit around for two yeah, weeks. Yeah, so that's what I mean. Wow. And like in diving, the, it goes for the whole two weeks. So you rock up at the start as a team. Like you go through the introduction with yeah. the chef to mission and everything. And then, yeah, the game, like you do the opening ceremony yeah. and the games begin kind of thing. And so I was, yeah, at the second last day, which is like, it's really tough because you're watching people and like you're really close friends. Um, you know, like I, um, my, one of my closest friends in diving, she won a bronze on the second day. She was done. So she had two weeks to just get like as fucked up as she wanted to kind of thing. Just clicking the gum yeah, no, machine. No. <laughs> she's a good girl. No, but she's like, how dare you? No. <laughs> but, but, that, yeah. but that's like, but yeah, yeah two three weeks, weeks to do whatever you want. To party and yeah, do what you want. Yeah. That's what it, that's what happens. Yeah. And countries have, um, celebration houses. So I forget which country had the Heineken house. Where does Heineken come from? It's Germany or something, isn't it? Is it Germany? I don't know. Okay, was a, it, can it, we get a Google on that one, person? It was whatever. Um, <laughs> Jamie, pull that up. Get that reference? Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> jo- Joe? <laughs> yeah. Joe? Joe Rogan? So, yeah. So, countries will have, like, celebration houses. And for, like, when they're athletes, when they win gold, it's, like, a mass celebration. I remember, like, like Oakley even had, like, there's companies that have houses and stuff, don't they? Amsterdam. Um, Netherlands. Yeah, Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. Ne- it was an. I was, I was like, I don't think it's Germany, yeah. but yeah, Netherlands house. They yeah. had like a Heineken house, and so like there was like all these parties going on, and because people, you know, winning gold medals, like you would just go. Like I didn't. I just heard the stories, which is like <laughs> that was like that's the shittest thing. It's like I'm just like recycling everyone's awesome yeah. stories kind of thing, and so yeah, like it, it's an amazing experience. Um, and yeah, you get to like y- you leave. So because my event was so far away, we left to go somewhere else and you yep. do a little mini camp there yeah. and then you come back into the village and then I did my event and um, the event oh, then the Heineken house is all wound up yeah the Heineken house is shut down I'm like <laughs> oh, oh, oh okay you open oh okay I'll come back and so yeah I um, I did my event um, made it through to the finals which you know it was like an amazing achievement looking back on it like I was really proud to be able to make it to the event because you start from 30 eight or something yep. in the preliminaries. And that's like, that's a long process. That's like, you know, three and a half hours. Um, you're, you're doing a dive every 30 minutes. Yep. So like you, I, you have six dives in diving. Yep. Um, you do your dive, you go, you wait in the back. Uh, everyone else goes, you warm up before, like maybe 10 people before. Yeah. And then you go back out kind of thing. Do your thing. Yeah, yep. you do your thing. So like the prelims, probably the hardest part of diving. Um, getting through that's like really grueling because like you have to be mentally switched on three and a half like 
I mean, like you have to switch on and switch off, you know, at yeah, the constantly, drop of a hat yeah, kind yeah. of thing. And like you got to, you're doing that for three and a half hours. So you're getting in the zone kind of thing. You do your dive and then you just got to like, you got to get out of that headspace really quickly yeah. to kind of, and especially if you do a shit one. And I did, um, so I think it was my fourth one. I did a terrible one. And I thought like, that's my Olympics. Like I'm done. And was I, that, were you doing synchro then or just by yourself? Just by myself. Yeah. yeah just by myself then. And so, um, yeah, unfortunately we didn't um, get a synchro team into the 2016 Olympics. And so, yeah, I was just there by myself and yeah, I did like a really bad fourth dive and I was like pacing in the back where like all the athletes are. And like, there's just, it's, it's funny to see like behind the scenes. Cause there's just like, it's a room of emotions. Like you yeah. can see who's doing well. You can see who's not doing as well as they want. They to. don't show any of that stuff. Like you can just no. imagine like somebody has a shit dive, like they kind of show like, reference to surfing again but like they kind of show a little bit of that like when an athlete has a shit heat or whatever it is they walk out and they jump on their board or they snap their board or like they throw oh, really? they throw tantrums and stuff like and they don't show that they show it oh they do show yeah it. they oh, do okay, show it yeah. like and i can imagine the same like a similar thing of like you have a shit time you mentally your headspace just completely changes yeah. and you go into a into a hole where you don't want to be yeah. for your next dive and you that's all you're thinking about uh, until the next one yeah yeah exactly and um yeah it's like It'd be cool to kind of see behind the scenes of every sport. It'd be hilarious. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, baby. I'd love to see. Yeah, that would be like the best blooper reel. Or something. <laughs> that, they could make like a whole second Olympics of just like everyone's behind the scenes. Yeah. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. I was just like pacing back and forth. I was like, fuck, my Olympics is done. I was like, all this work is gone. I'm like, you know, this is fucking shit. Um, and like a good friend of mine who's like very experienced diver, he was just like, oi, like, you know, just like be in the moment. Like, you know, just forget about it kind of thing. Like I said before, like I thought I knew everything because mm. I was so young and naive. Like I knew shit. I knew nothing. Yeah. But I thought I did at the time. And anyway, like made the semis. Um, that was amazing. And they made it to the finals. And like the finals is the easiest part because like you've made it. And like I'm sure you know this about the surfing. Like once you get to the finals, you're like, man, like, you know, I got nothing to lose here. You know, yeah, like yeah. you can cut loose. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you've like experienced that. When you just get like to that point where you're like, like, let's go. Like we've got here, we've done all the hard work. We're in the point. This is, this is the fun part. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it should be. It should be fun. And like, for me, like I said before, I was just in this mindset of like, if I can do something special here, like my whole life's going to change. Like, you know, this is the moment, like do not fuck this up. Like, kind of thing and so like you know the walkout was don't remember i don't remember the walkout because i had my headphones in yeah the competition couldn't tell you like kind of what happened all i could tell you is like i was crying in the back after my last dive i did a good one but like, i didn't do i didn't have my best comp and yeah. i just i honestly just remember like crying in the back like just and seeing mum and dad and crying just being like i oh, fucked this up so bad and it's like it's tough because like again you just think that like you can't express kind of like you know what you're feeling and you just think you need to suck it up move on like go on to the next thing so yeah. like i said the the rio like olympics experience for me was like amazing in the sense that i got to experience it but the competition side of it i look back and just think like man like you know you, i should have done so many things like different that time kind of thing or like the next time kind of thing no regrets yeah, yeah, like I that's what I mean. I'm it's like I, I'm glad it happened mm. because I wouldn't have then done everything I did for the next like for the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. So like I'm glad it happened, but like like I said, I look back in that mentality and I'm like, oh man, like you know, like so naive. And such, then such a dickhead. You obviously went from um not having your best comp ever to winning a gold at the Commonwealth Games. The Commonwealth Games were here, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you won a gold. Yeah. Oh, that is tasty. It's good, isn't it? That is really good. <laughs> I'm not even like trying to sell that either. No. That's real good. 
I've had some shit espresso martinis. Mate, we time. we waited for so, like it That's took us good. four or five and a half months, six months to get that right, and it's banging. Yeah, you can tell. That's like really <laughs> good, man. That's craftsmanship right there. <laughs> Shout out to Jeremy and Mikey, mate. The production team, mate, that made that happen. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, the Gold Coast had come off games. That was an amazing experience. Um, that was actually at home too. At like. home, yeah. And that was when I first met uh, Naughty. Because he was working at Squad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we were, um, I think I was just like shopping with uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time. And like we walked into this store and I was like, oh, this is kind of like, yeah, this is sick. And then I started talking to Tommy a bit um, and he's like, oh, yeah, we're a local brand. I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm looking to, you know, have like some type of clothing thing. Blah, yeah. Blah. Anyway, that's how he and I met. Fun little Did you get the sponsorship? Yeah, that yeah. was really, that were, that were awesome, man. Squad, like they gave me like heaps of gear and shit. And then like I went and did a little promote. Oh, it was like a, after the Commonwealth Games, like yep. we had like a little promotion day. Yeah, like, a few of the runners was, and swimmers came in. Yeah, 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 yeah. James Roberts and that came in. He's a swimmer. Yep. Um, And yeah, it was like, it was really good. But yeah, it was like small world, eh? What did you change? such good friends. Oh, mate. <laughs> what did you change in your mind? Like what was the major change from what you took away from Rio to then turning around and being able to win a gold medal. Yeah, it was, it was, um, so like we had a new coach come in, uh, from Great Britain and he kind of sat me down after in 27, uh, in 2016. Yeah. So like I just coming back from my, my, uh, like time off from yeah. Rio. Yeah. And we had a seat, we had a, like a sit down and he was just like, all right, I'm going to be straight with you. Like, you know, you're a bad athlete. And I was like, who the fuck's this guy? Like he, he, to be fair, he had just like won a gold medal with his team in Rio. Yeah. But I was just like, what do you mean I'm a bad athlete? Like, I fucking work harder here than anyone else. And he's just like, nutrition. Do you see nutrition? So I was like, no. And he's like, do you see a sports psych? I'm like, no. And he's like, there you go. And he's like, how well do you work with the SNC? I was like, kind of good. And now, and like, you, and like, as he was talking, I was just realizing like, there's all these outlets that like I'm not pulling on. Yep. Cause I was so close minded. And so, like, I think the biggest thing in, in like my shift, um, you know, the, the sports nutrition was like really important. Um, but it was like the sports psychology side of it was like, honestly, like made me just like that better of a diver. And so like um, Gemma um, was, is just like an amazing, she's still my sports like to this day. Like she really like opened my eyes up to, you know, things like gratitude, being in the moment, um, seeing the, sorry, seeing the positives and everything. Like things that you like, as we round off now, like you think like, yeah, that's like a no brainer. But it like it really takes like a lot of skill and training to be able to actually like pull on these specific, um, I guess like uh, like specific tools. I guess you know mm. what I mean. Like yeah, yeah. I think like they're things you really have to work hard at. Being able to take away learnings from things like you, um, most people are like oh I fucked up and then they just move on. But why? Like looking back and be like, why did I fuck up? Why? Why did that happen to me? And then learn from it and then be able to better yourself from. That experience, those, those yeah. experiences, hundred percent. Like, and I've always treated life that way. Like, if I do something and uh, if I do something and I like I fuck up or I do something and it doesn't go the right way or whatever happens, I've experienced that. And yeah. if I experience it again, I'll then know how to navigate it. Yeah. Or once I've experienced it, I probably won't experience it again because I didn't have to navigate it. I like I knew how to avoid it or whatever, whatever it was with confront confrontation or. Um, like even here, like there's just so many things like people's emotions and like you start to learn how to navigate all those things. Mm. And once you learn and you learn, if you learn from your mistakes yeah. or you learn from the things that you experience and sit down and actually like step back and go, fuck, holy shit. If I had done this, this and next time when that problem comes, I'm going to handle it like this. Mm. 
like that for me is that's they're all the things that I learned. Like that's what I need to learn, and yeah. that's what I love learning about. Is yeah. once I've experienced it, done. Move did on. You, did you um did you like have all those skills as you came into Mister Consistent, or did you like kind of start this and obviously dealing with you know the amount of people you're dealing with? You're like, oh okay, like I think I I don't I've had I said uh, this conversation comes <laughs> up very often with my business partners and my wife, my wife, our general manager, but yeah. me and her have this relationship where like we talk about everything, like we debrief on everything and she has a very different outlook on life to the way I outlook on life. Okay. Yeah. And I can bounce things off her and she, she, she'll tell me straight, like you've been an idiot. Don't worry about it. You're worrying about nothing. Or I think you should do this or this is how you should handle it. Or, and she's run um, her and Jeremy and Mikey, that matter they've all had teams under them and i've worked for myself for a long period of time so i the part that i struggled with most mm. was navigating staff and emotions and people and right. um all those kind of things and i've relied on them really heavily to help me through that but when i had a not a problem or like a confrontation with somebody or even a supplier or i'm selling something to somebody for this business, yeah. I would always go back to them and talk through it and they'd be like, oh, yeah. but why didn't you say this? Or you could have gone this route or whatever it is. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't think about it like that. God damn it. You're right. <laughs> get back on but the like that, they all do the same sort of thing. But me, me and Chris, we've been together 15 years almost, married five. and But like she's a person that I kind of rely on for that information. I, I feel like I do that for her, I hope. Maybe. <laughs> she, she might I'm have sure, a different I'm opinion. Sure, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. But... I rely on Jeremy and Mikey and her for those kind of things and um, other people's opinion, other people's opinions or how they navigate things. I, I just know I'm not, if I'm the smartest person in the room, there's a, there's a problem with the room. That's for that's me. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good outlook. Like there's definitely yeah, yeah. like, and, and there's people that are specialists in things yeah. and are really good at things. And I feel like I can always learn from them yeah. versus I, I know I'm not always going to be right. There's certain things that I'm I like. Oh, I had a, I'm really good at brand. I'm really good at reading customers. Yeah, I'm really you have good your at, strengths. Yeah, I have got yeah, my yeah, strengths. Yeah. But then I rely on other people's strengths to help me in those Absolutely. positions. Yeah, I think like that's a that's a great way to put it. It's like you can get locked in that mentality of like, and like I said, I was in like I don't need these other outlets to further better my career. Like I'll figure it out on the fly. Yeah, and I think soon as people open up to the idea of hey, you know, this person can bring so much to your life. This person can teach you, like you said, like with your wife, like how best to manage your yeah. staff. Man, like the fucking possibilities that open up for people is like amazing kind of thing. And it's like your tunnel vision goes from there to perspective of and yeah, a really wide perspective. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened between Rio and Commonwealth Games. Like Rio was just like that. And then Commonwealth Games was just like, oh shit. Just like, opened up. Yeah, I was like, this is incredible. Like, holy, why haven't I been doing it like this the whole time? You know what I mean? But it's like, you know, you have to, like you said before, like no regrets, like you have to go through that shit in order to actually see where you've gone wrong and then kind of, yeah, look at like, hey, like how can I kind of take the blinders off and, yeah. you know, have, enjoy like the full spectrum of this moment kind of thing. And so Commonwealth Games was incredible, man. Like to be able to do it in a hometown, not many athletes get that opportunity. I'm jealous, like so jealous of this younger generation that they get the Brisbane Olympics. 
Cool, that's, eh? Yeah. It's really cool. You guys will probably be the power, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, Some kid before no. I'm just like shaking up an espresso martini. We're, we're definitely going to be the Heineken house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude. We're going to be the music consistent party house. On that, man. Oh, my God. I'll try and sneak into that. Music consistent party house. Knocking at the door. What is it, 2032? 2032. 2032. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you wait. Stay tuned for the music consistent party house at the Olympics. Just let the planning begin now. Now, So, yeah. So, it was like an amazing thing. And to just have like family and friends there and everything, um, like I said, an incredible experience and something that I I think for me that's like the highlight of my career. I'd say that's like the highlight of my career. So damn cool. Just because, yeah, like, and, and to you know to be there, um, to everyone that I you know really cared about was there that night that I won gold, and um, it was an amazing experience. It was a it was a funny competition though because like again it's like. You, you, I almost slipped into that really like narrow perfectionist mentality. Um, and yeah, I almost didn't enjoy the win. Really? Yeah, because it's like any, any athlete will like tell you, I guess, and like I, maybe Kenny can touch on this, but like when you're going into a comp, you kind of envision how it's going to play out at some point. I feel like you're going to envision like this is how it's going to go. Yeah. And I envisioned it like me just like blitzing the comp. I was just like, this is like the fittest I've ever been. This is the best I've ever been. Like, I had just like that real like um, fucking like, you know, dog mentality of like, you know, no one's kind of, you know. I've got it in the bag. Yeah, kind of thing. And so like, and I almost lost it. And like before the last dive, I stupidly looked at the scoreboard, which like in my competition routine, I never do because like I don't want the scores to affect my like mentality. Yeah. I just want to focus like, you know, I I know how to do like what I've got to do. Like just focus on that. I don't want to worry about oh, I got to do it like this so that I can get most, this many points. Most and then athletes have a routine, eh? Like they've just got this yes. routine that they roll through. You see it in football where the kickers yes. take a certain amount of steps, left, right, whatever it is. Every athlete, has I feel... Did you have a routine? I didn't get I didn't that. have one when I, I didn't get young. that. Yeah, yeah. Good. I tried a bunch out and none worked. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I tried all. I tried all kinds of music, <laughs> mate. I tried everything. Nothing worked. We're in the same. Underwear. Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Do you have any superstitions? No. I had. I had one. I had none. 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 No. I had to have peaches. Peaches. Yeah, peach. Like, and we, when we would go to places like fucking Puerto Rico or something, or like China, I'd always take like a jar of peaches with me in my luggage. I did have a theory that if I partied the night before, oh yeah, I'll, always like because I was like hungover way more relaxed like i was just like i can't be bothered doing this shit today that's when i would have success when i was like literally like there's this one yeah i was gonna say when did it not work and you were like i should probably reconsider this oh the the company that i was paying for it all went bankrupt okay so that kind of um brought the fun to an end okay (laughs) it's one one way yeah yeah that was the end of it but yeah, so yeah, I mean, like yeah, the Commonwealth Games uh, itself was yeah an amazing experience. Incredible. Two golds there, no one gold one there. Gold so there. I got two bronze there. So yep. I did, I did two synchro events. Yep, um, two bronze, and then yeah, the gold. What was the gold in? What what's the ten it? meter individual? And the ten meter is the one that's just hard, ten- and you do the handstand off the edge. And yeah, yeah, that's actually my best dive is the handstand. So really? like I start with that. So like a lot of, it's very rare for people to start with the handstand because you're obviously nervous. Yeah. Um, Staying on your feet, you know, you, you get the shakes and yeah. then to do it on your hands, like I, I feel like I can feel my hands shaking when I'm doing it. But I'm really confident that like I nail that one every time. That's so cool. So yeah, so you have like six dives. You usually do your two best ones 
your two like really good ones first. Yep. And then your um, three, four, five are like your average ones. Yeah. And then your sixth one's your best one. Yeah. So you open really good. You, you know, hope you get that momentum to take into the next ones and then you finish strong. Is it an average score uh, across it's accumulated. the board? Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's accumulation. So like each different dive comes with its own degree of difficulty. Yeah. Pretty boring shit. I won't bore, I won't bore you with it. <laughs> But yeah, it's um yeah, but yeah, handstand one I definitely love the most, mate. That's good. Oh, gold medal in your hometown. It oh. was yeah, it was like it was just amazing to look up and see like brother, um you know sister, you know family and like and my ex partner at the time who had like had been through a lot with me and yeah. her family like everyone was there that like I said like that I you know you know really loved and cared about so like that was incredible and like two of my really close friends were there too that was sick and then we just went out and got really fucking drunk the next party time eh? i think that night we went out yeah i was like yeah we we're at oh what's that place in surface called um the shooters no, oh yeah maybe i don't know maybe shooters shooters or sin city or something maybe it was sin city it was one of those two yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> you went all out yeah, Coco's best. yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like oh, i should probably leave my gold medal at home yeah. <laughs> i would have been wearing a round 100 percent. i can't do that after after that how quickly do you go into like obviously training like you trained for tokyo like yeah, you yeah. were you were training yeah 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 we were training go. yeah it's pretty much like you don't have much time off so yeah tokyo was um we were training it was postponed as well wasn't it yeah, yeah so it was supposed to be in 2020 and then obviously with covid it was postponed and it was it was a lot of obviously people like really struggle with that and like the postponement because you're you know ramping up for this massive event that you've worked you know your whole life for again and so it was really funny because, you know, we had a lot of conversations with like different athletes, like we were just checking on each other because, you, you know, you're that like community yeah, yeah. Um, kind of thing. And I like COVID for me was like not as bad as it was for some other people. Like, and it, it's unfortunate that, it, you know, they really struggled. But like for me, it was um, it wasn't like the worst time kind of thing. Um, I, you know, I was with my partner. We had just gotten like a we just like bought our first place. Um, so like we were really like kind of stoked and, you know, be able to do these things whilst, you know, the world was shut down kind yeah. of thing. Um, and then <laughs> too many gaming nights and then, um, <laughs> fucking nine hour gaming shifts. And so, yeah, like, so we trained. So what we did is we were able to go get heaps of equipment from yep. uh, the institutes. So me and my partner, she's a diver too. She also won gold at Commonwealth Games. There so what's her yeah, name? Georgia Sheehan. Shout yeah. out Georgia. Yeah, she's a legend. Um, she's really great. She's also another person that similar to like your wife, like I would be like such a prick if it wasn't for her like today. Yeah. Like she's I, like really made me a good person. That's awesome. Yeah. So you always um, need someone to bounce that stuff off. hundred percent. I was such a dick. And um <laughs> and so yeah, we like we went and got the equipment and we set it up in her dad's backyard and like we just had like this little gymnasium and like we were loving that kind of thing. Yeah. And so like, yeah, like I said, for us, like COVID was not the worst thing in the world. Um, I think like some athletes too, like that had injuries, it was like a great opportunity for them to like have another year to prepare for the postponed Olympics. Here's a question for you. How the fuck do you earn money? Like do you obviously work a job now. But I do when, now, you tra- yeah. when you're training for those things, how do like most people would have no idea how athletes get by because training and f- like – your nutrition, all those, like you have sponsors. You don't have you, time, yeah. You obviously have, you don't have a lot of time to yeah. work. 
and nutrition and all those kind of things if you don't have sponsors is expensive yeah it is so yeah so like um i don't know how it works for other sports but like diving specifically we have this thing called das payments so yep. all sporting bodies have this and yep. so this is if you get you know uh, a gold medal at the benchmark event uh which is like a world championships yep. uh the government gives you I think it's like $32,000, like just like in a lump sum, Yeah. Um, you know, second to fourth, fourth to six, anything. Yeah. So me and my uh, synchro partner, like we got fifth in 2019. Yeah. So like you get paid like a lump sum. Yeah. The sporting organization itself also has uh, allocated funds from the government. So each, each, each different sport has like a different budget. So yep. swimming obviously has the biggest budget yep. because they bring in so many medals. Yep. I think diving, I could be, I could be really wrong on this, um, is like one of the second or third biggest budget because yep. like our return on dollar is really good. So yep. we've only got four, of, uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, we only have like six opportunities or something yep. and we always return a medal. Yeah. So how it works is like the sporting body will say to like the sports government, we will get this many medals at the next Olympics. And if you meet that quota, you get your budget back. Yeah, gotcha. If you don't get that quota, like your, budget gets, your, cut, yeah, your yeah. budget gets cut, like kind of like what you experienced yeah, yeah. in um, surf. And so, um, but with diving, we also have the world series events and how you get qualified for that is if you get say top eight at a world championships individually, yep. you get selected for that little team. Uh, and if you get top six in the synchro one, you get selected and you go on this, like, it's kind of like the formula one Grand Prix. Yeah. And okay. so it's like a circuit of yep. competitions with prize money. So yep. for a gold medals, 5,000 us, uh, yep. silver's 4,000, 3,000. Yep. And you have, four to five comps and then you've got overall prize money. Gotcha. So that's where we make the bulk of our money. Yeah. So like it's, it's not like guaranteed, but if you can, yeah, like win a few medals, you get like, you know, top third, you get three third, sorry, at the end of that, you can make some coin. Like there's some divers that make some coin. It's crazy though. Like it, it solely relies on you. Your performance. Uh, yeah. Performance. Yeah. That's what, and that's what I mean. Like it's, it's hard to I think like I have conversations with some people. It's like, Oh, like, you know, you have no idea how it's going to be when you get a job. I'm like, fuck man. Like imagine if you were like work, like training for your job and then the boss is like, all right, come in on this day. You need to get like all these tasks fucking right. You get one thing wrong. Like I'm not paying you your salary. Yeah. You'd be like, huh? Yeah. And that's what it is, man. Like you rock up and like, you're like, if I fuck up on like this day, like the next year's fucked. My next year's salary is gone. Exactly. Like exactly. And like, it was like, it was tough through COVID because we didn't have the world series. So like, that's like a lot of money for us divers that make it like gone. Yeah. Or if you have a shit world championships and you don't make that world series team, like that's tough. It's like really, really hard. And that's the hardest thing with sports is like keeping younger generations on because like, it's not a whole lot of incentives to, you know, stay in the sports kind of thing. Kind of feels a little bit easy to make money being an influencer like when you start to become I don't want to shit on anyone yeah no no but like <laughs> like <laughs> as a tiktok guys we but watch. like that's kind of like athletes now make a lot of money via endorsements because they have a platform like instagram to actually yes. make money off and that's kind of how they become more famous right like 100%. versus versus actually winning gold medals or the performance based who was Stuff. the girl, the athletics girl that did the bounce and she became very famous Michelle for Jenkins or something like that? Yeah, but, yeah. She, but she like, like she wasn't uh, funny like enough, I'm, a medalist I, or anything. No, I met her when I was at, I, when I, because I used to work at Body Science. Oh, okay. She came in and we did like a, like we fully took advantage of 
that. that the, yeah, yeah, the, the shake, the, the shake, yeah, the yeah. dancing, the dancing hurdler yeah, or whatever yeah, they yeah, called yeah. her. Yeah, we took full advantage of it. That's how you should. But um, like she came in, we were given her nutrition advice and all that kind of stuff. But that's how she became popular, and that's how she got endorsements, and that's how she made money. Yeah, hundred percent. She wasn't. Um, she didn't end up being. I don't think she ended up being an Olympic athlete or anything no, like she that. Did. She was in Rio. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. We were partying with her on the last night, and like my fr- oh, my friend was so fucking drunk, and like we found a shoe in the bush, and he decided to go up to her and was like, "Excuse me, did you drop a shoe?" <laughs> and I was just like, "You done? Like, Get back here." But she <laughs> like funny, she she was like that's how um she had that other thing that made yeah, her yeah. It, it popular. Such, you know, yeah, it wasn't exactly. She became popular before she yeah. Got had the glory. Yeah, I've had so many conversations with Georgia about like she's like you got to get on TikTok, and then I'm like, nah. I can see you uh, a little uh, dancing TikToker. Mate, so <laughs> <laughs> start licking your lips. That, yeah. oh. <laughs> little dancing TikToker. Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Uh, yeah. Uninspired. In uninspired, yeah, yeah, yeah. When that's like, that's like, hey, yeah, yeah. you want to come over? No. Yeah. Like doing that. Oh fuck. Look at the recent stuff, man. That one, that's it. one of the funniest memes. But yeah. This week's episode is wrapped around International Are You Okay Day. We'd like to acknowledge the importance of mental health and knowing you are never alone. Ask, listen, encourage, and always check in. It could save somebody's life. If yourself or a mate is struggling with mental health, please do not hesitate to reach out and get the help needed. Contact the team at Lifeline on 13 11 14 for 24-7 support. If you are concerned for somebody's safety or the safety of others, please seek immediate assistance and call triple zero. If you do want to check in with somebody, but you don't know how to ask, Are You Okay has heaps of simple steps on their website. Just head to areyouokay.org.au or simply Google Are You Okay. It's not always easy to keep the conversation going when someone says they're not okay, but it seriously could change somebody's life. Now more than ever, people need their friends. Ongoing lockdowns, people not being able to see each other and the stress of this pandemic is so taxing on people's mental health. With that said, let's get back into the conversation with Dom. Mate, I want to touch, because you obviously didn't go to Tokyo. Yes. There yeah. was some things. The, the reason you, um, we've asked you to come on is because this episode is, I think we're launching, are we launching on Are You Okay Day? Yeah, two days before Are You Okay Day, which is a little bit about, like it's obviously about mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was chatting to Tom earlier and he kind of just said, like you haven't really spoken too much about why you didn't go to Tokyo or what sort of happened. Yeah, it's not like, openly. Yeah, yeah, not openly, like yeah. publicly or no. what those kind of things happen. And we talked a bit, a little bit about how, like, you were a prick. Like, you, yeah. like what happened? Like, what, what's the processing? So, you work so fucking hard. Like, you've come out of a gold medal yeah. in your hometown. Yeah. Obviously, postponements and all those other kind of things, you were on track to go to Tokyo and obviously perform really well yeah what happened so so there was like i can't go too much into like why i was there but there was um a few like fallouts in brisbane where i trained yep and so just like not seeing eye to eye with um you know certain uh like managers there kind of thing sport is people don't know this but sport is pretty political sport is really political like people think like oh you know you're just you're just a diver like you just dive like there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that you know you budgets money budgets money like training facilities training facilities like personalities like a lot of egos like you're dealing with a lot of it and so like i said like i can be a prick at times but anyway um so yeah we had a falling out there was an incident uh there was like a situation that occurred that uh you know kind of led me to having to move to adelaide and so like i said like this was 
I had like just bought, you know, my first place with my partner. In Brisbane. Um, was not, did not want to move. Like was not set to move. Like I, like Brisbane for me was like, this is home for the next, you know, three years. I was like, Tokyo will be great. It won't be like another Olympics, but you know, I'll come back. I'm still young enough to be able to go to Paris kind of yeah. thing. You know, my partner just gotten a job, uh, like Inspire, like loves it. Like it, we had created like a, you know. Felt like not, it was home. It was, it was home. Yeah. And it, like we created like an amazing, uh, like future for like the next, you know, three years kind of thing. So anyway, I was, I had to move to Adelaide. Um, and the thing like that I, I really like struggle with. So like, there's two things that they say that causes like such stress and anxiety in life. It's, um, uh, intellectual independency. So like not feeling like you have the choice to make your own decisions. Yeah. So I, it wasn't my choice to move. That was the first thing. And the second thing was social uh, independence. So I had no one there. You know, I had a really close training partner of mine um, that who she also moved to Adelaide. Yeah. But I had no one there. You know what I mean? Like I, I lived by myself. I had no other friends but the person that I spent six hours a day with. So like we didn't want to get on each other's nerves too much. And so like I was really like isolated and alone. Making friends in a new city is not easy either. And, and nor and and like and I went into the mentality of like not almost like I didn't almost want to I was just like okay fuck it like you're in this sit like and I didn't take time to either process it either and like this is the thing like that I think a lot of um, men really struggle with is like when they find themselves in these situations where they're like fuck the walls are closing in on me but it's like I feel I felt like I couldn't reach out I felt like I just had to deal with it and I felt like I just had to make it work because like just suck it up and keep going kind of thing. And it was, um, it was really difficult because I'd done so much work, like I said, with Gemma and it almost just went out the door. Like I'd never experienced isolation like this. It was really tough. And so, yeah, like in Adelaide, didn't want to make any new friends. Um, you know, the closest thing I had to my friends was like, you know, playing video games and like, you know, people kind of, um, you know, like my girlfriend, you know, kind of looks at video games like a bit funny, but like, honestly, like some of those days where like I would play with like Tommy or like Wayne would like really just like take me out of like a really dark hole. Like yeah. I mean to get emotional about it now because like yeah. Tommy doesn't even know or like Wayne doesn't even know like those guys like really took me out of a dark hole. Like some days where like days felt like days become weeks, weeks become months. Like the Adelaide trip was like in totality, you know, shy of a year. Yeah. And it felt forever. Like I felt like it was, I felt like there was I every set, every like second day I was calling George, my partner, like, I can't, I, I, I want to quit. I was like, I can't do this. And she's like, you know, if you want to come home, like you can come home. But I just felt like I had to keep going. It's this like athlete mentality where you feel like you just have to keep pushing on. And I think a lot of it is because with mental like health, you can't see it. Mm -hmm. So for athletes, like it's easy to see like a sprained ankle and be like, they can't train. Injured. Yeah. Injured. Exactly. With mental health, it's like, you know, you're just like, you, I can't do this. It's like, look fine what do you mean it's like i just you know up here i this can't it's overwhelming like anxiety in your so like much your body so much anxiety, man. hard to breathe and like i like know. and and that's what i mean like i i wasn't at home like i was in like a uh, like you know not i'm not a foreign like i was in adelaide but yeah. like i felt so far away from home so we had bought the house just before i had moved into it so like my partner was having to move like all our shit into the house paint it do all this stuff that you know i had set on you know, um, going through with something her. you wanted to be a part yeah, of. Yeah, Like we're never going to buy our first home again and we're never going to be able to experience that again. Like, unfortunately. And so it was really, I, 
the first, I guess, few months was really, really tough. And it got, like I said, it got really dark and it was, it was bad because I honestly, I still to this day, like, don't know why, um, I was in the mindset of like, I couldn't reach out. Like I was talking to like, you know, someone like Tommy or Blake, um, who's, you know, yeah. really close to me. Um, I was talking to these guys, you know, like it, it's, I think it's, it's, it's a weird mentality when you're not there with them. You think that a phone call is, is like too much out of their time. I don't know why I had this idea. And then like, maybe some people can kind of resonate with this, but it's like, you feel like if you're calling them, like they're not going to have the time for you because they're busy people. Yeah. Like, it's not like getting breakfast or a coffee where like, you know, you're eating too. So like you're doing something you have to yeah. do. You know what I mean? But it's, I think the, um, we've tried to eliminate it in this business and I've tried to eliminate it in my life is not like everyone's like, Oh, don't you, I don't want to distract you. You're too busy. Like I know you're busy. Yeah. You know, the, I know you this, Oh, uh, do you have two seconds? I know you're busy. Like, fuck the fact that people think that when they like text or oh, can I, can I give you a buzz? Um, I know you're busy. Can we talk this afternoon or whatever it is? The fact that they think I'm too busy or like that. They can't approach you. Yeah. They, they can't approach yeah. you. You can't have that conversation. Yeah, it, at, like yeah. I'm never too busy to not have that. I'm always available to have that conversation. Absolutely, like, yeah. but there's such a, state of mind of like everyone's just fucking going at a hundred miles an hour that nobody's everyone feels like they're gonna disrupt that person's day or that person's yeah. life but that person will definitely oh. take the take the hour phone call or two hour phone call or whatever it is Absolutely. to talk through whatever whatever is going on but you feel like you're doing them a you know you feel like you're intruding or you're you're ruining their day or whatever it is like that, that yeah, you don't exactly reach out yeah and i Mate, I've experienced it like when my daughter, like when, when I had my daughter, like I, I didn't want to work. I felt um, like I didn't, I just wanted to be around her and I felt like I was letting down my clients. I could, I felt like I couldn't ring and be like, oh, sorry. I'm like, I'm, I'm, at, I'm on dad duty or whatever it is. It was just an excuse. So like, I felt like I was giving excuses not to do things. And I felt like this, I did a video on YouTube of it, but it was like a, I think they could like, women get it's like postnatal depression or whatever it is. Yeah. 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 I've heard and I fully had that. Like okay. I just went internal and I was like, I just, I, all I want to do is be around my daughter. I want to talk to anyone. I just want to be around her. I don't want to work. I Like I just couldn't get out of bed. I just, it was so weird, but I didn't reach it. I got to a point where I was like to my wife, I was like, I am really struggling. Like I need fucking help. Like I'm, too, hey? you yeah, get end, it, end up in this hole, and I was like, if you don't feel like you can reach out, yeah, to somebody, yeah, and me and Tom have a a, a very good friend who passed away probably like when did Pop pass away? Yeah, October last year, in the middle of a pandemic, like, and he was reaching out regularly, but it just got to a point for him where he just like he would reach out and he'd reach out and reach out and reach out, and then like obviously not being able to see people or be able to communicate with people properly or actually yeah. see people like being locked in his house in Melbourne, all those kind of things. It takes a toll on people, but fuck. No, I would rather somebody be like, fuck, hey, have you got two sex? Reach out and that conversation be two, three, four hours. Yeah. Then that person just be felt like they're alone yeah. or not be able to talk to somebody. It's tough, man. I'm sorry to hear about that. Like, obviously I know about it with Tom, but like, yeah. it's, it is shit, man. 
like it's it's like you said it's it's hard because like i don't know why we have this stigma like especially i feel like around men of not being able to reach out to like our mates mm. in times where like we need them the most like because we feel like we're intruding on them like and like you said like you know they're going to take the phone call and you know they're going to be there for you but for some reason you think like oh, i'm an intruder on that day i'm going to fuck up their schedule like and then you know i don't want to piss them off i don't mm. want to you know i don't want to seem needy to them it's really like i don't know i honestly yeah I, like obviously i've reflected on it and i just think like you know you're an idiot never you know never think again that you can't reach out to your mates but it's it's so true to say to people that are struggling like you can reach out to like your mates like they will fucking take that phone call absolutely and like and yeah and you know i was just i just felt myself in this hole and i and i was looking at the olympics like that will make you happy like that will like get rid of all these thoughts that you're having like this will take care of everything like just keep going so like you know how you said like you just didn't want to get out of bed like yeah i fuck i love training like that's the best part of it for me is like the process and i fucking hated training like for the first time in my career like i hate i would run off into the bathroom and cry like mid training session i'd just be standing there about to do a dive and all of a sudden like this like just like overwhelming sense of anxiety would come over me and i'm like what the fuck is this and like i've like i've never experienced this like i've thought i had been sad in the past mm. but i was just like what is this and you just think like oh like you know it, it will sort itself out you have this mentality of like it'll fix itself you know i'm i'm a strong character like it'll sort itself out i just keep going yeah if i just keep going it will you know it this will, will go away it will go improve. away exactly and so like it was just that process of just it, it was like a it was like a fucking endless cycle for me in adelaide like you know i would i would have like a a good like all right week and i thought like okay like you know things are getting better and then it would just like do a 180 and go back the other way and the more and more you don't reach out the more you're just digging yourself in this hole and the like and the harder it is going to be to climb out of that and so yeah eventually i got to the point where we were we were leaving for olympic trials and i reckon i had in the two months before olympic trials every day i was having the conversation with g like i, I can't do this i need to come home and you just, you have this, I had this, like, this idea that I was going to let so many people down. Like, I was like, I'm going to let all my friends down. I'm going to let all my family down. Like, and it's, it, it, it's hard because like, as an athlete, there's, I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves at, uh, behind our identity of like mm -hmm. Dom the diver. Like when I came into like the group with like, you know, Tommy, um, you know, like they all thought it was like so cool that I was an Olympic athlete. Yeah. And like, even like, and I know they would never think this. I was like, even I was like, man, like, you know, they're probably never going to want to like hang out with me again. Like if I don't go to the Olympics. If, if I pull out, then if I pull out, if like, I pull I'm out. not interesting anymore. Yeah. Like I'm just like dumb. Like there's nothing interesting about me. Yeah. Like I'm just a diver. And it's, it's really like, a lot of athletes struggle with this, um, this identity uh, issue they have when they leave. And I'm sure like, you know, I wonder if I'm interested to see if like Kenny even experienced this when he left the sport, because you propped up on this pedestal for so much of your life being you know like oh this person just won a medal and they're doing this amazing thing when you get introduced to people this is hey this is dom he he's an olympic athlete or like that's like exactly. do you know what i mean like that's how yeah. you're introduced to people that's it becomes so much a part of your identity so that you're not just you are this kind of feel like this other person or like yeah people it happens like all the time it doesn't matter what you do is pretty common it, yeah, in our really society common, but yes. like oh this is um such and such he's blah yeah 
whether it be a business owner yes, or whatever it is, yeah, he's owner like, of a business yeah, assistant. Like, oh, uh, like become so much a part of um, how we introduce people versus be like, oh, this is just Jeremy Lane or this is yeah. whatever it is. And then because it kind of society has this idea of who you should be or what you should be and uh, like all the things like Facebook and Instagram and all these social media platforms don't help that. But like your identity doesn't have to be what you do. It absolutely or, or what it is that your identity yeah. is who you are and how you treat people and how you how you know how you act and interact with people like that's what people remember you for they don't remember for you what what you do essentially like they remember how you treated them you sure you're not a doctor fucking yeah. pretty sure <laughs> there's Honestly, no piece like, of paper on my wall <laughs> that's like literally what you just said is like what my psycho said to me, like word for word, pretty much. But like, it, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. But yeah, like absolutely, man. You're absolutely right. And like I, like I said, I got into this like hole where I just thought I could not get out of it. And the Olympics, I had to go to it, kind of thing. Like otherwise, yeah. People. I can help us waste four years of my life between this Olympics and that Olympics or the Commonwealth Games, whatever it is. You know, like you yeah. feel like all the hard work you've done is wasted. Yeah, yeah. And that's and and then so yeah, we were at trials. Literally, I think four days before I was uh, about to compete, um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but like, you know, I was favorited to go. Yeah. Um, and I think I got there, like did a training session, went back to my hotel room, cried, didn't want to be there, thought like, like fingers crossed, like you'll wake up in the morning and you'll feel way better. Woke up in the morning, cried. And I was like, I was just like really trying to like turn it around in my own head, not even realizing like, you know, something needs to change. And I think like, that's the biggest thing. It's like, we, 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 we find ourselves in these situations where like, we know in the back of our heads, like we need to get the fuck out. We need to assess like why we're feeling like this. Mm. And we need to talk to the people that we need to talk to, to like get back on track. Cause like, you're not like, I wasn't the Dom that I knew, you know, eight months ago kind of thing. You're not feeling like yourself. No, you feel it's like it almost becomes like a out of body experience of I'm just going through the motion because this is what everybody around me wants me to do. Uh, yeah. I could not say it better myself. And it's hard though, because like you just don't want to let anyone down. Like I said, like, you know, parents, family, friends, you just think like they all love you because you are this person. And like, that's the only reason they love you. Like, you know, yeah. like that's it. <laughs> it's, so, it's really it's so the opposite. It's re it really is the opposite. And it's like, and like I said, it takes removing yourself from the situation and, you know, talking to the people that you need to talk to. Um, and especially like my psych Gemma, like was so like instrumental in me coming, like me looking at the Olympics and, you know, she gave me the advice. She's like, what if you just do the trials and see how you feel after? And I said, if I do the trials, like, I feel like I'll be stuck in it then. Like, I, there'll be no return mm. because, like, I'll have to go to the Olympics. I will have qualified. I will, I will have qualified. Yeah. Like, there, I can't pull out if I, like, make the team. Like, and I was like, if I go, like, I'll fucking hate it. And, like, it, and there was already, like, there was already times in Adelaide where, like, it got really, um, you know, it got, like, it got really dark. And, like, when I say really dark, like, there would, like, there were a couple times, where, like, I would go to sleep and I'd be like, I, I wouldn't care if I didn't wake up kind of thing. Like that's how dark it got. That's dark. That, yeah. That's how bad it got. And it, and you know, only I've only ever like told Georgia that, but like I, you have to, I like, I want to be able to, you know, talk about it and stuff to kind of like show people that, you know, if you're feeling in that hole, 
that like you can fucking climb out of that thing, man. Like, you know, you just, you have to open up and you have to, you know, kind of see that you're not alone because yeah. you're not like, you are not alone. You have so to many let people, people fucking know, yeah. love you. And that's the thing. And like, yeah. And like, I just knew so many people loved me and kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, um, I made the call, I think two days before the trials. Cause I just, I was just said to my partner, I was like, I'm get on a plane tonight. I'm coming home. Like I can't, I can't do this anymore. Like, you know, just crying on the phone. I was like, this is, you know, Olympics is not worth yeah. losing myself yeah, kind of thing. Even though like we, as a, like, you know, we as a society prop this, you know, thing up to be what it is. And it was amazing to see so many high level athletes, like even Simone Biles, like come out and openly speak about it. I feel like this Olympics was a little, and in sport in general, I feel like that's happening a lot more because there is so much pressure and so much like so much weight put on these people's shoulders that finally people are like they can't cope anymore and yeah. like people are slow like slowly opening up about it. it like when you have that much weight put on you wonder why like so many rich people like take their lives take their lives yeah. Like it's true, man. Because they have all these people relying on them, and they and it's a similar feeling in sport, you know. Like you've got all these people cheering you on. <laughs> like fuck, yeah. if I let these people down. But mate, I'm so glad that you um, are talking about it, and you took that, took it upon yourself, and you know, came to the decision of just going. You know what? Happiness is worth more than giving country a medal or whatever yeah, whatever it, what dream. yeah it given the given is. the country this olympic dream and my coaches and all these all yeah. these um people are relying on me for their bud like th th it's not the thing you know you don't get a medal no budget that yeah. that would have been in the back of your mind all those kind of things just taking that weight off your shoulders and just being like coming home and is that what happened like you came home like breathe a sigh of relief almost yeah i think like with any like major decision you make and i'm sure like you probably had these decisions like once you make it and you feel a, a weight lifted off your shoulders you know it was the right decision mm. i was so you know i talked to some people and their 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 comments were i don't want you to look back and regret this and that was running through my head so much I thought like, fuck, am I, am I doing the wrong thing here? Like, am I sure? And once again, like you're listening to like the outside world kind of thing, mm -hmm. like of what the expectations are of you. And I just thought, am I doing the right, am I doing the wrong thing by getting on this plane? And when I made the decision to tell my coach and that, I was just like, I, I got to bow out. And it, and it was funny. He even kind of knew he's just like, yeah, like, you know, you weren't yourself for the last however many months. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm proud of you and you know, I, I you know, wish you the best kind of thing. And so, yeah, like getting on the plane was great. I mean, like, I'm not going to lie. It was difficult to like sit there and watch the Olympics. There were days where like, I didn't want to fucking talk to anyone. You know, I, I just, I, because once again, like I was then letting like the, the, the comments about like, oh, are you sure you don't want to go? Like, it's an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not many people get to experience this and you'd be giving that up. And I'm like, fuck, like, should I have gone? Like, was I you've meant e to be there? You've experienced it before. And there's also like a, there's also this FOMO of like the fear of missing oh, out as well. Like, that's 100% oh, true. like there's a part of it that, you know, fuck inside of you, you're probably like, oh, I'm thankful I didn't go, blah, blah, blah. But there's, there's a part of you that goes, shit, I probably would have really liked this part about it. Yeah. Or like, there's a, you know, there's a to and fro within you, within your body and in your yeah. mind of like, like a tug of war. Yeah. Like I would have loved to be diving at the Olympics, but fuck the, yeah. the six months to 12 months before that, I, I couldn't have gone through that as a person. Yeah. But I, God damn, I would have been loved to be standing on a podium or 
even diving come, in the Olympics. Yeah, I'm TikTok famous. <laughs> Get that TikTok cloud over there. But no, like, yeah, there's I know like, what you mean. The, and that, I had that, that sure. constant tug of war. Like, even then, like, it would have been definitely hard for you to watch. But yeah, and and, and it was, man. It was it was difficult. But again, like, I like you know, I urge anyone in that in that situation, like, your happiness, like, cannot come at the expense of anything. Like, I don't care what it is, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, I really do truly believe that. Like, this something that I was working for, you know, all my life was not was not going to come at the cost of my yeah. happiness. And it took you know, a lot of amazing people around me to make me realize that. But it also took me to reach out to have get the conversations, yeah, yeah, and get those yeah. conversations and exactly help. get those conversations rolling, and like just uh, immediately realizing that you're not alone, and that you know you 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 do have people that love you that are around you. Is really important. Like I said, really mate, important. people remember you for your personality, not what you've done. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully they remember me for my cocktail making skills. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. 26, what is it? No, was it 24? 26, 24. 26, 24. 24. Remember, remember Dom for his cocktail making skills. <laughs> Are you still diving? I recently have just gone back to some training, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I kind of looked at, this situation and I, I like I said I did a lot of work behind the scenes with my sports psych and everything uh, a lot of tough conversations a lot of reflecting and just um, I I am slowly coming back just to see if this is something that I want to go for there Paris. is some sort of fire yeah the there is some sort of fire exactly and like even watching you know some people that I really um, love and respect in the sport in the Olympics like seeing them you know fulfill their dreams you know, I just, I know what, like what went wrong, just kind of like what mm. you were talking about. Like, I know what went wrong. I know what I did wrong. I know where I can do better. And I know how to make the next part of it something that I enjoy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like something that I really love doing again. I feel like that's where a lot of athletes retire early as well. Like they, they, um, like some football players are just mentally strong. They're mentally built to do those kind of things but some some retire early and they go into different careers or like so many like there's this one guy he's like retired pretty early he's gone into like um real estate and stuff but he's really? just a magician like he's so a good real at, estate? yeah like he's just and he's really personable and really like but was amazing footy player but he just loves what he's doing now like you can just tell like he was fought like had a whole bunch of injuries and stuff but like you know it's cutthroat as well. Like you have an injury, there's somebody there to replace you. Or there's somebody yeah. in your spot. Your spot isn't held. Yeah. Where, yeah, it, it, I can imagine it's fucking. It is, man, it's fuck. brutal. And like, and like I said, like I'm a diver, like, you know, I'm at a level, but then there's levels above that, mm. which I'm like, fucking hell. Like, you know, you can't trip or kick your toe. Any advice, mate, you've got for people like in that space or like that are currently in that space or feel like they're in that space, not quite sure. Honestly, like I said, like reach out to those people around you. Like even if you think that you're going to disturb their day or they're not going to have the time for you, like they're going to have the time for you. And like I said, that was my biggest, that was my, I know you said before, like no regrets. That was my biggest regret. Cause I had so many people around me that fucking loved me and cared about me and like, just want the best for you. Mm. Like just you, the person. And, you know, they will, you know, give you the time of day. So it's just, it's just, honestly, it's like reaching out, getting the conversation started. Like, you know, like so many great um, charities and campaigns are doing, like just like, you know, talking about it, checking in with the person, like, hey, are you okay? For example, like just 
honestly, they, like getting that conversation started, like you're not alone. Never more than any time now as well. Like when people are locked in their homes, they don't yeah. have anyone. No, this is the tough, like this is the toughest time for people. Like absolutely. And like I said before, like that, that isolation, you know, we really, um, I, I don't think anyone, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. There's what, like, there's this one part, like when this first lockdown first happened, I was living in Sydney and I'm a person that has to go to the beach, yeah. you know, every second day, just jump in the water, swim, surf, whatever it is. The ocean's what like makes me feel free and like clears my mind. And that's it's the place where I don't think about anything and I just enjoy and I just, and when they put a six foot fence up from um, Bondi to Maroubra and you couldn't actually go down the beach and go on the water, oh. I was like, this is this is hell on earth. Like just not being able to have that freedom or get, even go to the beach or anything like that. That's when I like, I started being like, I got to get up. And I'm like watching Tommy here. He's on the beach. Everyone's in lockdown up here, surfing, swimming, having drinks on the beach stuff. I'm like, I can't even go to my favorite place. Like the place that lets me release and yeah, yeah, be happy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's like and a little temple kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. that like in Carissa, like that's where we were like, we made the decision. We we're like, like we're working from home, can't go to the beach. I'm unhappy, and we did, we literally packed up our house in 24 hours. And wow, really? Drove back to the Gold Coast, dog, wherever the podcast dog is, wherever she's hanging out the window. Kid in the back, surfboards on the roof. We literally packed up our house and moved back to the Goldie. I was like, I'm not, I'm not being in lockdown for another day in Sydney. I was like, we're out. And were you so just like this is the decision, like we're doing it, or were you a bit like, fuck, like? No, nah, me, Car- me and Carissa, when we do, like when we make a decision as a family, we just go for it. Like yeah. we just, we're like, this is really hard. Lola was at home because she couldn't go to daycare. Carissa was working from home for her job. All my work had been cut and I was just like, well, the missing consistent thing was kind of ticking on along. Like yeah. we're getting it done, like just kind of building it. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I, I can't work from home with Lola being at home, with Carissa being at home all day, every day, can't go to the beach. I was like, I said to her, I was like, we're going to go. I was like, we can't be here any longer. We like our rent was, fuck, rents in Sydney is expensive, right? Yeah, like we we're back to one wage. They wouldn't reduce our rent. I couldn't get payments really? from the government because I was self-employed at that stage. So like it, we literally were just like, we're out. Like this is yeah. not us. We're unhappy. This is not fun. It's a toxic environment. To- yeah. We're like, we were hate, like, couldn't see our friends. We didn't have that many friends. We had like two or three groups, like, two or three couples as friends down there were like we're out we're done we come back to the gold coast yeah came back moved in with my parents wasn't that fun but like right. relieve beats, yeah beats, yeah relieve this like i felt this pressure just come off my shoulders of just yeah. like oh like lola i can do my work i can do this she's happy because she can go outside she can do stuff people just don't understand how fucking so, yeah people do, like people that are outdoors people Need to be outdoors. Yeah, 100%, man. But yeah, 100%. We're the best. Mate, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Like, I no, know it's no, one of those, no. t- it's one of those stories. It's so, t- like, it's hard to recap on and it's hard to tell, but people need to know they can reach out. and Or even just people. like people are going through this. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, um, I'm sure, like, you know, when I made the decision, like, people like Tommy and that, they would have had no idea kind of thing. Like, mm. it can be happening to anyone. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest thing. It's like, it, it can happen to like yeah all of us so we just need to be there for each other absolutely and fucking love each other
absolutely keep it help me absolutely man on a slightly lighter subject yeah we're gonna play a card game awesome never have i ever (laughs) never have i ever (laughs) (laughs) this is how we're gonna finish (laughs) (laughs) never have i ever pack it's coming out oh that's your own personal brand yeah this is the missing consistent card game i didn't even realize that where are you going to sell it? Like at um, Universal and shit? Yeah, Universal's going to yeah, yeah. have it. Um, they've That's ordered nice. it. We've got, we'll have it online, but most of like our boutique re- retails yeah, yeah. will have it. Oh man, I'm going to go. When is it? When does it come out? It'll be coming in. I'll go buy one soon. Two weeks. Two weeks. All right. There you go. I'll pre order. Yeah, good. All right. I've got a bunch of questions here. Why do you get to look at them? Are we playing this together or what? Nah. Oh. Just you. <laughs> this is just you. I want to hear your juicy stories. I've got plenty, but you can hear them off camera. <laughs> <laughs> off microphone alright shut the cameras off choose a question and then choose a question I reckon, it's a, I reckon you should have, you should have a story for any one of these you choose a question no you're going to choose just pick a card and then yeah. read it and then tell me if you've done it never have I ever partied with a celebrity oh okay yeah 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 okay party with a party with a celebrity a ce- celebrities actually yeah not Tease. yes celebrities so after rio i have a really good friend who's also a diver his name's uh i hate name dropping but he's a very famous diver name drop him he's tom it's a cel- I, I don't know if we're talking about on. celebrities yeah tom daly don't know he's um he's a british he's yeah 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 he's um very he's like a sex icon is he yeah he's very attractive like what's his name uh, Tom Daly. Tom Daly. The nicest guy you'll ever meet. Like, and he's just, it's pretty crazy. So I'm going to Google him. Yeah, Google him. So, um, we, I had done, I had like, had just done Rio and like, I'm, I'm really good friends with the British team. Like they're just, you know, great people. Yeah. And, um, we became like pretty good friends uh, through competitions and that, cause we're in the same event. And so like, he was someone that I watched anyway. I went to London for like two weeks after Rio for like a uh, like a little holiday. Yeah. And uh, he was like, oh, you can stay with me. Like, you'll be, you know, it'll be fun. And I was like, yeah, sure. Like, I, I knew he was kind of famous. I had no idea how fucking famous he was. Like, I'm talking every second person stopped us on the street. Really? Like, he's that famous. Uh, he's, out, he's the most successful diver, like, we've got. Yeah. Like, people know about diving probably because of him. Yeah, okay. Anyway, so he's like, oh, you know, I've got this event tonight. Like, you know, I got you a ticket. It'll be fun. I was like, oh, cool. Like, you know, what are we doing? He's like, oh, it's the Bridget Jones world premiere. And I just thought like, oh, that'll be cool. Thinking it's just like the ones you see people go to at fucking Pacific Fair. Not knowing how big Bridget Jones is going to be. I know how big Bridget Jones is, (laughs) but like I just thought it was like these things that you get given. Like it it didn't click that the actors are going to be there. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, cool. And like I get there and like uh, he walks the red carpet and like me and his other best friend, um, uh, we like walk behind, like kind of like where the media is. Yeah. And I was like walking past and I look up and it's like, um, the who's the main actor in it? I forget her name. I don't know. Bridget Jones, what's her name? Renee sure. Zellweger? Renee. No, no, Emma Thompson was also in it. Um, and, and I'm not like good with actors. Patrick, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm like pretty good. Like Patrick Dempsey. Yeah. Like um, Dr. Uh, like Beautiful or whatever yeah, they yeah. fucking call him. Like all these people, like all of a sudden then I'm just like, oh shit, like this is a big deal. Like this is a big event. I'm somewhere where I shouldn't be. Oh yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? I was just like, holy shit. Like so foreign to me. Like anyway, watch the movie. Like it was fucking hilarious. Like, and then he's like, all right, we're going to this after party. And I was like, oh, this is fucking, this is sick. And went to the after party and then like sat down in this like booth 
and the waiters were like, oh, like we don't actually have a table for you, but you can have that booth. And we're like, oh, this is fucking lit. Anyway, like next thing, Patrick Dempsey walks past and Tom's like, oh yeah, we took his booth. Like that's how famous he is in like in London, like way more famous than fucking Patrick really? Dempsey. Yeah, like the, everyone knows who he is. And then Emma Thompson, she's a British um, actor. She's won yeah. an Oscar and she, yeah, yeah. she's super famous. We were like, this is towards the end of the night. Like we we're pretty fucking drunk. And like, she was talking to me with her daughter and like talking about the Olympics. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tom had won a medal in the synchro with another guy named Dan Goodfellow, who like went maybe at the time, like we kind of look similar um, when it's dark. Like we have like dark Bed's hair. good, good we, fellow. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Real similar. Accents are the same. Like, and we're quite short. And so she's like, oh my God, like, you know, I loved, you know, watching you and Tom at the Olympics. So I was like, oh, like in my head, I'm like, oh, fuck, she watched me. That's pretty cool. And she's like, the way you guys celebrated that medal was amazing. Like it made my heart warm. And I was like, oh fuck like and i was like she's not talking about me and then it clicked i was like she thinks i'm daniel goodfellow and then like she was like anyway it's been like so lovely talking to you because like her publicist yeah. like, okay we gotta leave and i was like in my head i was like she thinks you're daniel we're too far in for me to tell her no say thank you yeah, and, I, and so like and i just looked at her and i was like in a british accent i'm like oh thank you so much like oh that's been lovely talking this to you shocking too. australian british accent. british accent i was just like i did that on the riff and I was just like, well, oh, well, talk to Emma Thompson for the night. I have a photo with her somewhere. But That's sick. But it was crazy, man. And we went to another party, like the GQ Awards. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was like um, Simon, uh, the guy off Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The main guy. Yeah. He was there. Like Anthony Joshua was there. The guy off Star Trek was there. Um, <laughs> the really handsome guy. Um, I forget his name. I'm not a Star Trek fan. Chris no, no, not Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> he's like, he's really, he's like really good looking. He's on that Wonder Woman movie. He's the main guy actor. He was like, yeah, he's real handsome in real life. And uh, it, was, it was like, it was a room full of oh, real mate, famous just people. Got the hookups. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it was real famous. Oh, <sighs> that Labyrinth dude was like in the corner. James Bay, the singer. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, that's, you know, like, he's a really good singer. And I was like, well, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? What this is going on? And I'm like, that's his life, man. His husband is an Oscar writer. Really? He's, he's won an Oscar for Milk. Yeah. Have you seen that? With nah, Sean Penn? I know the movie though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he wrote that. And in their house, they have like, I think it's a running joke, but like Tom's awards are in this like beautiful wooden cabinet. And then all of Lance's awards are in the toilet. In the, in the, in the, and he has an Oscar. And like, I'll show you the video after, but the Oscar, like an actual Oscar is sitting like right in front of the in toilet. In the toilet. Yeah, so you walk in, <laughs> taking a piss, and there's like an Oscar right in front of you. You're like, that's pretty cool. Well, like, Yeah, so hopefully. I that's that. an amazing story. Yeah, so, yeah, friends in high places, I guess. Mate, that's a string you want to keep pulling on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a pretty cool, um, pretty cool experience. Mate, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for sharing your story. Like I know that story is obviously um you, you never obviously really went public with why you put out of the games and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it, it's hard to talk about, it's hard to bring up, but I think the moral of the story is you have to talk about those things. Yeah. And if you don't, you just end up in a dark, dark place where you don't want to be. And if you are in that spot, there are people. That there, are, are, yeah. there are people. I can DM Mr. Consistent. We'll, we'll talk to you. Yeah, DM we'll me. Like, honestly, throw, yeah, yeah. Damn, Dom, damn. I put like, well, I'll, I'll, like, uh, yeah, we're, we're there for people. We want to we wanna embrace it. Like our, our Mr. Consistent community is, um, we love engaging and talking with people and like bringing our customers into our business. Like I, if a customer rang was like, I'm in a dark place, I would 100% pick up the phone and give yeah. that person the time of day. That's amazing, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. That's amazing. That's what I guess separates you guys. 
but family, mate, family community. Absolutely, yeah. so we treat this place is like a giant family, mate. Yeah. It's I get that vibe when I walked in. That's all, yeah, mate. We're amazing all, vibes. <laughs> yeah. amazing vibes here. Thank you. Thanks mate, so thank much you. for coming in, mate. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Good luck with everything. Thank you. I'll have to win a gold medal to get back on here. <laughs> get so back have up another on there. fucking crack. Have at another that board. chance. That's my motivation. The motivation yep. to get back on the shake-up. Oh, what's your motivation? Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Jared's the reason I do all these push-ups. <sighs> Don't let me be the reason, I'll mate. put you on, like, you know, the fucking dartboard. <laughs> it's like Jared's face. Nah, we'll get, I'll, get a pr- I'll get a print on it. I'll get a sticker of Mr. Consistent. And you can take him everywhere. <laughs> Actually, just take a bottle everywhere with you. <laughs> Gatorade. Mate, thank you so much thank for you. coming in. Really appreciate it. If you are struggling, reach out. Hit us up. Hit Dom up. Hit your friends up. Keep in touch with everybody. This is a really, really weird time in society at the moment. So Strange. We've talk to, to your friends. Fuck FaceTime. I FaceTime my friends all the time. It's the best. It's ama- Keep in touch. You man, yeah, man of technology, big dog. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you Cheers, very mate. much. That's today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. You know the drill. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Go show the shake up some love and stay connected. Don't forget you can watch all of our episodes on YouTube. Also, jump over to our Shake Up Cocktail Gang Facebook page where you can find out who's coming up on the podcast. And if you've got questions for them, I'll ask the bloody questions. You can also use the code SHAKEUP for 10% off on mrconsistent.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. And just remember... Shit, that's fresh.